Welcome everybody to the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. Today we'll recap what went down at Indianapolis Motor Speedway with the IndyCar, Xfinity, and Cup Series. We will also preview all the events going on at Kentucky and we'll look forward to the rest of the NASCAR season. So we're going to recap kind of what went down this week um, at Indianapolis and IRP because the ARCA series was at IRP this week. And Chandler Smith wins that race. He leads 162 laps, holds off Sam Mayer at the end to win that race. And it was pretty sad for Ty Gibbs, who leads 38 laps, and he finds himself finishing 15th. He had an engine problem, so that was pretty much it. It was either you saw Chandler Smith leading or Ty Gibbs leading before his uh, engine blew up. So that was a pretty interesting race and another win for Venturini Motorsports. They've been on fire lately. Then we go to the IndyCar Series, which was Saturday morning, and it was at the Indianapolis Road Course. So for the first time ever, the Indy cards would race on the road course, and Scott Dixon would win. He's two for two on the season for Chip Ganassi Racing. He leads 26 laps. Graham Rahal in second led 18 laps in the 15. Simon Pagenaut third. Colton Herta in fourth. And then Renus VK rounding out the top five. Will Power leads 28 laps in this race. He finishes 20th. Uh, which was not a great run for him, for Roger Penske. And so it was a very interesting race for the IndyCar Series. And it was uh, fun to watch on the road course. Then immediately after, you had the Penzoil, Penzoil 150 at the Brickyard. Chase Briscoe wins that race. He leads 30 laps, wins a stage. Justin Haley in second. Noah Gragson, A.J. Allmendinger in fourth. A.J. leads two laps. And Austin Sendrick leads 21. And that was probably the most exciting race of the week. Don't you think, Ben? I mean, you had five cars there racing for the win at the end, and you didn't know who was going to win. You had Chase Briscoe fall back and then come back up. What do you think about uh, the Xfinity race, and how did you like the road course? Yeah, I agree. You know, it was a really interesting race to see. Nobody really knew how this was going to play out, right? So, the, you know, they got two practice sessions, and then they went – right into the race the next day. So, you know, there's a lot of speculation on how well this was going to work and if possibly if the Cup Series is going to race here at the road course. We can talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, that, you know, it did get strung out a little bit through the race. But I think once they had cautions, they got it bunched up. And as the race went on, people got more aggressive. I mean, we saw the five-car finish. You know, it was Briscoe, Almondinger, Haley was in there. Ross Chastain was even coming around the end. So I really enjoyed it. I'm a sucker for road courses. So I hope we see more Roval type tracks uh, start popping up in the schedule. And then on Sunday, you had the cup race. They took the stage, uh, but they were back on the Oval in Indianapolis. And Denny Hamlin looked like he was going to win the race here. Blows the tire and then blew an engine because he smacked the wall. His car was on flames once he hit the wall. Kevin Harvick got around and on the restart, he drove away from Matt Kenseth in the 42. So Kevin Harvick leads 68 laps to win this thing. But Matt Kenseth is somebody I want to talk about. Second place for number 42. And uh, there's an Instagram page I follow, NASCAR Report, and they were talking about how Matt Kenseth needs to step up and needs to perform. And what happens? He finishes second in this race. Leads 12 laps. He almost won it. He would have gotten a better restart there. Eric Almarola in third. Bad Brad in fourth. 
and we'll talk about Cole Cusper again in the rookie rundown, but he finished in fifth. So, Ben, we were talking about this before, about how NASCAR has seemed to be dominated by two drivers, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. Um, and I, I don't know if that's the best thing for the product, because I think a lot of people love to see different winners. How do you feel about that? Do you think that uh, NASCAR should come up with a better package where more people can win, will have more of a variety? Or do you like it where you have two or three cars that are really dominant? You know, this is tough to say because we want to keep the racing as natural as possible. But I think it just goes to show what teams have been dominant, just not even this season, but the past, you know, three or four years. Uh, Stuart Haas Racing, Joe Gibbs Racing have been usually consistent top two. Penske and Brad Kozlowski, Joy Logano, Ryan Blaney, all, they all have a win at least this year. But, you know, it just goes to show the state of the sport is right now. And, and I think a lot of fans think – you know, Indianapolis or that mile and a half package needs to go. And I can, I can agree with them because I, I feel like the racing isn't as good as it could be. You know, everybody still talks about the high horsepower, low downforce package that everybody's alluding to. It just doesn't look like NASCAR is going to be going back to that direction for a couple of years. So, you know, you want to keep the racing as natural as possible, but you know, that's just a testament to show how the young guys need to step up in the sport. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, when we were talking about the big three, it was almost like a breath of fresh air to see somebody like a Chase Elliott come in and win uh, the race. And I think maybe it does promote uh, a little bit of a challenge to these other drivers to know. You know, I, I always think back to uh, when we talk about Daniel Suarez a couple years ago having to hold off Kyle Busch in that Xfinity race to get his first win. Like, he had to earn it. So I think it's good for the younger guys, but for the fans at home, it can get kind of boring and uh, almost make you a little frustrated. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are starting to experience that now, especially with all the changes that are coming in NASCAR in the future, even though the next-gen car is getting delayed to 2022. But uh, it just shows that we need we need some more change, and I and I hope, you know, we, ha we have the All-Star Race coming up at Bristol, which was, I think a lot of fans are, are really excited to see that, you know, with the COVID and everything that's going on. It's brought some brought some good and bad obviously with the sport but you know with the the draw the draws on the qualifying so we they don't qualify maybe talks of limited more practice just to put more pressure in the driver's hands right so they're not going to get three practice sessions to finally tune the car you know it's going to come down to what the driver can work with in in the car through the race and make adjustments accordingly do you think they should bring qualifying back i uh no, they did that at the Coke 600. I wish they would do that a lot more because, you know, you have teams uh, in the Xfinity series like Morgan Shepard's team uh, with Landon Castle. They're not able to make races because they have to qualify. Since there's been no qualifying, um, the team may go out of business because they're not having any of those opportunities. I think qualifying should come back, but I think it should be on the day of the race. What do you think about that? I can agree with that because – Again, it can limit the, the the length of the weekend too. So you know, if we if we race Sunday morning or um, if we qualify Sunday morning and then race it afternoon, that can help just get the day going. But um, at the same time, I think they should bring back qualifying when they can, when they can still have those continuous weekends and they can start bringing more people back to the track. But I think. For practice, on the other hand, I think they can get away with one, maybe two practice sessions, like 
two hours of practice. You know, I growing up, I always loved coming home and watching practice, but it does kind of get boring. You know, they they get what two or three practice sessions for you know two hours a piece, three hours a piece, or what have you. It just seems like it's too much, and I think just one one session, maybe two sessions, like you know thirty. 30 minutes to an hour just to get the car shaken down, make sure there's, you know, engine troubles and everything's working right. And then I think they qualify and they go race. Yeah. I think if you put it down to maybe one hour, you can do three sessions because, uh, you know, you have an hour a piece, people won't get bored, you know, and then that allows drivers just to get enough of what they need where they can make adjustments and then go back. So um, I think they do need to configure it to where they can give drivers practice because a lot of these young guys who are just going to these tracks for the first time, like a Custer um, or a Nemechek or even a Redick, you know, need that opportunity. And even teams that need to qualify to get in would at least have that chance. Right. And speaking of young guys in the sport, Ryan Blaney, for example, you look at that pit road, that nasty, nasty pit road incident that happened with his uh, crew member. They kind of got bunched up and, one of his crew members got hit by a car, and I think he's covering right now. I think he just has a leg injury, but scary, scary moment. Um, you know, the, it just goes to show how much those pit crew guys are. They're making their money's worth hopping over the wall and pitting those cars in 12, 13, 14 seconds. But, you know, the, it brings up an interesting discussion. Bryson, do you think with pit road incidents like this, and again, Indianapolis does have a very n- narrow pit road, is there anything NASCAR needs to do? I don't know if you really can do anything. I don't know um, what you can do here to make that not happen. Because, you know, we don't see that at every track. We just saw that at at Indianapolis. Um, But I just don't know. Um, I I look, too, Ryan Blaney was not um, all the way in the box. You know what I mean? So I think that um, alluded to it, too. I'm not really sure if NASCAR can kind of say no, we can't have this happen, so let's find a way to do it because I just think it would be very hard to stop that um, from happening. Yeah, and I think Indianapolis, like I said earlier, and to your point as well, just it's a very narrow pit row. Those pit boxes are very small. They're meant for IndyCar teams that take up two, three spots. So when you get the when you get you know 40 cars in the Cup Series that get pitted in there, it becomes very tight. But, you know, most tracks – you know, you look at Bristol, Martinsville, they're still narrow, but, you know, I don't think they're even that small as Indy. So I don't think they really need to do anything. You know, injuries happen. You know, you look at any sport, injuries are going to happen. And you could make rules to, you know, try to limit that. And I think NASCAR does a pretty good job when it comes to the pit road safety crew. You know, they put in that rule a couple of years ago that they can't jump over the wall until the car stopped or it's only a couple pit boxes away. So they can't be in the pit box already when they're, you know, coming to pit road. So, you know, I think it's just all part of it. I agree with you. And moving on, we talked about the Indy road course that was really successful in, in, in our eyes for the Xfinity series. And there's talks of maybe the cup series going there. Um, you know, it's tough. We talked about how Indy just seems to struggle probably the past five, 10 years on producing good races. Bryson, do you think the road course would be an appropriate change for that? I think so, because, I mean, you look at kind of what NASCAR has done. You know, we look at the magic that IndyCar has at Indianapolis. NASCAR really hasn't had that. You know, um, I think this was probably the most exciting race 
um, at Indianapolis that we've had in a long time. So I think going to the road course would be awesome to see because uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, they had five or six cars there on the road course at the end. Um, we didn't know who was going to win. You know, um, you kept thinking it was going to be Almondinger, then Briscoe, then Sandrick. You didn't really know. I think that would be great for the sport, and it would definitely be um, something that fans could mark on their calendar and get excited for Indy for the first time in a long time. You know, they used to have 200,000 fans that show up for qualifying, and then there'd be a full house of racing. I just feel like the magic's been lost. Ever since Jeff Gordon, you know, I think it was 1994 when they had the first race, just, you know, I don't know if it was um, cars that have been evolving. I don't know if it's teams figuring out the track. Uh, You know, it's just not what it used to be. And I think what they wanted to do with this higher downforce package, lower horsepower, was create more you know, restrictive plate or taper space to now, but the super speedway racing. So, you know, big packs, a lot of drafting, you know, the NASCAR would have to lower the horsepower even more, bump up the, the um, downforce. But, you know, if we saw like an IndyCar type race there, I think it could be entertaining because that's what the track was built for. But at the same time, you know, we can't copy IndyCar and we'd have to do a similar package at every race. So, and I think I had a good point when I was listening to Dale Jr. Download. You know, it seems like NASCAR has always been visitors to Indy. You know, the track wasn't built for us. It was built for IndyCar. And then we just happened to start going there in the mid-90s. So I think taking away the oval for the cup cars, I would be okay with it. As long as the racing just gets better. I just want good races there because as Indianapolis going to NASCAR, it just needs good races. You know? And if it's not doing it on the Oval, we need to change it up because that would just be a hard loss on the schedule if we didn't go there anymore. Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about this package sort of thing. I think what NASCAR should do is go with the package that they ran at the All-Star Race a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember that, but it was a lot of um, tight racing. You know, A.J. Allmendinger really um, showed what you could do with that package. He was running the top line, the bottom line. And it's so funny to me that Xfinity Series has almost kind of mastered the package. In Xfinity Series, we have great racing, but Cup still seems to be lacking. So I I, I don't know what it is uh, about the package. Um, what do you think, Ben? Do you think they should go back to that package they ran at the All-Star Race all those years ago? Um, or what should they be looking to do? Oh, I 100% agree. It's like... I don't know. This kind of frustrates me about their decision, what they did with the package. They come out with this package. They run at the Oster race. It's a huge success. And I get it. You know, they didn't want to try it at any more races, but why would you make a package like that and then not even use it for when you actually do update the, the full-time package? So, you know, I, I wish, you know, it's hard to say with this next gen car, what they're going to do, but I hope they make some similar adjustments because, what they have now, I just can't get with. I wish they had run the all-star package. And you know what? The Xfinity Series used to have great races at Indy. That package was just phenomenal. I mean, they had that five, four or five wide finish. I think it was last year or two years ago at the Oval. So I think the key would probably be to take horsepower away. But at the same time, you don't want to have like the Xfinity Series have more horsepower than the Cup Series. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, the reason why they went away with that is because the drivers didn't really like it. But the fans like it. The fans that pretty much uh, pay their contracts 
and pay their bills by going to the races and watching them, you know, that's what we want to see. And the drivers don't want that. So I think um, NASCAR is losing popularity. I think that package was almost the key to bringing it back. And now it's, again, the drivers don't really want it. And I think um, that package was really reminiscent of Daytona or Talladega. And we love those races, but the drivers don't like those. So uh, it's very interesting that the drivers have such a strong feeling on it. They do. And I think they're, and now they're not, a lot of them don't even like this current package. So I think we need to start listening to the fans more. You know, drivers, as long as they, they kind of half like it, as long as it puts on a good show, I think in the end they'll, they'll begin to really like it if they don't like it at first. But again, we're talking about road courses anyways. Watkins Glen um, is being replaced by the Daytona road course in, I believe that's, August, correct, yes, Bryson? Yes, August 16th. Okay. Yeah, so, again, now they're going to run that just at the Bush Clash for next year, but they bumped it up because Watkins Glen, it sounds like New York isn't really letting anybody in right now. So, I guess this will be our first trial if it's going to be good, and I think all three series are going to be running there. Uh, it, or is it just Cup and Truck? Uh, Xfinity will be there, too, so that would okay. be pretty interesting. We'll go to the road course and then two weeks later, the final race to get into the playoff will be on the Oval at Daytona. So, very interesting. And I, and I think um, I'm really excited for this road course. I'm just excited to see what it will look like. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen it with the, the 24 hours of Daytona, but um, maybe they'll tweak it a little bit. I'm excited to see this. And I think NASCAR has done a good job during this pandemic of giving us things we may not ever get you know what i mean like uh going to bristol for the all-star race this road course that a lot of people have been clamoring for hey let's just try it uh we're gonna get three races at daytona how awesome is that um and three very um competitive races at that uh two restrictor play and then um this road course i think daytona is the great is a great place to try this out and hopefully they'll do some other tracks too. Talladega's got an infield they could race in. So uh, hopefully this leads to more things. I agree. I hope that the cup cars blend well with the road course. That's what I'm interested in to see. You know, you have the really tight technical infield, then you get up on the bank and it's just wide open until you have the bus stop uh, at the middle of the backstretch. So I hope this package works well. And I, I can't say this definitely should not replace the 500, but the Coke zero 400, maybe the clap, maybe the Bush clash. Like I could see it, but um, you know, they're not going to get rid of the oval. Obviously, you know, that's the tradition there, but I'm intrigued to see. I just hope that the cars and the drivers can make a good race of it. They should add one more re- week of racing and just have three Daytona races and have one on the road course. And you can even get into possibly taking away second races for some tracks, you know, like Vegas or, um, I think Dover's down to, are they, they just have the two, right? Uh, they're down to one next year. Um, okay. with Nashville gotcha. right. coming back. So, yeah, I just, I think there are definitely certain tracks that, that, that don't need Texas definitely does not need two dates, especially after the repay. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think, you know, if they take away some of the, a couple of the tracks that have two races and they start adding different tracks, I'm all for it. Yeah, Pocono could be another one they take away because, you know, you have Pocono not this year, but normally you have it twice in four weeks. So they could take one of Pocono's races away. I think 
I think there's a way to work around this and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Any way to bring in new tracks, more fans, get people more intrigued, I'm all for it. So let's go back to the young talent. Let's talk about what the rookies did in the rookie rundown. And what a really great week for the rookies. You have Cole Custer finishing in fifth. Uh, ben, w- wouldn't you say that's his best career run today, his fifth place? I believe it is. It's his first top five. He really hasn't shown speed all season long. It's a long time coming. You know, it's, it's good for that uh, 41 team. But, you know, uh, this late in the season, I think we're about the halfway point. I, I think this should have come a lot earlier. So I hope he can keep it up and really start using that Stuart Haas equipment to his advantage. Um, you know, and obviously Reddick had a good run in eighth. Yep. But, you know, he, he needs to start stepping up. Christopher Bell in 12th. And at a point in time, I thought Christopher Bell was going to win that race. He was running up front in the top five. 12th, John Hunter Nemechek, 15th. Another great run for John Hunter. And I really think um, he's not showing it in the playoff standings, but he could win Rookie of the Year. Uh, Quinn Howe finishing 23rd. That's a good run for Starcom Racing. Uh, and Brandon Poole in 35th. He was caught up in that pit road accident. Um but, yeah, what a great week for the rookies. We haven't been able to say that in a long time uh, because a lot of these rookies have struggled or they'll have great runs and they're unable to put it together. So I think um, this will be great to build on uh, for a lot of these guys. All right, now that we are towards the halfway point of the season, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoff and point situation. Bryson, start us off. Yeah, so the bubble, uh, there's 10 races left uh, before we get to the playoffs. And this is always, I think, something that's very interesting to me. I always find this enjoyable, looking at the combinations of who can get in. And right now, Jimmy Johnson is in 15th. So he is over the point standings by uh, 36 points. So he's in the playoffs right now. But he lost about 30 points with Allgaier taking over. Justin Allgaier had a bad run. Then you have Austin Dillon, who, man, what a disappointing year last year. Wasn't even in the top 20 in points. And he fin- he's in 16th in the points with a really good run at Indianapolis. He's six points over the cut line. And then Eric Jones, who has really, really struggled for Joe Gibbs Racing, is six points under that cut line. So he's definitely going to have to uh, step it up. Tyler Reddick, which is surprising, is 18th in points. He's 16 points back from the cut line. You have Bubba Wallace in 19th. He's 42 points back. And then Ricky Stenhouse is 48 points uh, back from the cut line. So I think they have a really, really good chance to see uh, a lot of these combinations. Really, right now, anybody can get in to that 16th spot or even the 15th spot. Yeah, I do think, you know, Austin Dillon currently sits on 16th. I think Eric Jones has just been a little bit better than him as of lately. I do think he can sneak up in the 16th. But at the same time, you get a guy that like Bubba or Ricky, you know, at the he could go win Daytona or somebody could get a win that's even below 20th in points. That could really shake things up. Um, so I'm intrigued to see that. But I certainly hope that, you know, Jimmy, now that he's back, he can – extend that lead over 16th and Austin Dillon place, get a little bit better of a cushion. Yeah, you know, you look at this bubble, 
and um, Eric Jones and Austin Dillon are pretty much fighting for rides next year. Maybe not Austin Dillon as much, but Eric Jones is. Eric Jones is only on a one-year extension, so he's definitely got to get in victory lane or pick it up because he has definitely struggled this year. And Austin Dillon just of late has run a little bit better in probably the last two races than Eric Jones. But I think Tyler Reddick will get that 16th spot. I just think he's he's too good um, not to get that spot. So I think you'll see Tyler Reddick in the playoffs, and maybe Ricky Stenhouse. Um, and then that would put the pressure on Jimmy Johnson to win. So It would. And I think Ricky, Bubba, I think those two, if they do want to get it, I think they are going to have to win. I think uh, Jimmy, Austin, Eric, and Tyler, they can kind of battle that out in points. But I think anybody past Reddick from 19th and beyond is going to have to win if they want to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I think Bubba and Ricky could, but they would have to put together multiple top tens and be really consistent. Uh, but I think you're right. They're going to have to win. Making up 40 points is really tough, and to do that in uh, almost nine weeks is going to be interesting, to say the least. All right, Bryson, we are going to get into the show wrap-up. We're going to be giving our picks for the weekend. Looks like we have Arca Truck, two Xfinity races, and a cup race. I'll start us off. I'm going to be going with Michael Sell for the Arca race. I'm going to go with Ty Gibbs as my Arca race pick. Truck Series, I'm picking Brett Moffat. I'm going to pick Sheldon Creed, finished second last week at Pocono. I think he wins this week using that fire. And for the first of two Xfinity races, I'll be going with Harrison Burton. I think that'll really suit his style racing at Kentucky. I'm going to pick Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe's red hot lately. Five wins. He says he needs eight wins to get a cup right. He'll get number six at Kentucky in the first Xfinity race tonight. I think Ross Chastain will be uh, getting his first win of the season for the college racing. I'm going to pick Justin Haley to get his second win. College racing, I think me and Ben can agree, is probably the top team right now in the Xfinity series. Uh, just all all around a great organization. So I think the 11 car gets in victory lane on another oval. And last but not least, we'll be going with the Cup Series. I'm going to be going with a guy that got beat out by his brother just a little bit from the last Kentucky race from last year. Go with Kyle Busch. I'm going to go with his brother that outlasted him. What a great finish that was. Kurt Busch is going to go back to back at Kentucky this week. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Burn It Down Racing Podcast. We'll be back next week to recap Kentucky and any more news that comes up. Make sure to follow us on our social media handles. I'm Neb underscore Notla on Instagram and Twitter. Bryson Foster 259, all lowercase, on Instagram. All right. Awesome. Well, we'll see you guys next week.